Hello, good morning and welcome. Bit of a different one today. As you see, the upload schedule's fallen behind a bit because I've moved house from busy hustle and bustle of London to the middle of nowhere in South Wales for probably the winter. And as soon as I can get on a plane somewhere, I can get on a plane somewhere. Um, this episode, like I said, is a bit different. It's the audio from a recent video uploaded to YouTube and other social media platforms and it's my like honest unfiltered review on social dilemma touches on a few things that I thought were sensationalist because obviously it's a Netflix documentary that's supposed to be entertaining and some bits I thought were really relevant and then around how everyone can start using social media a bit smarter and what could be done to progress things because it's there's a lot of good things about it. There are a lot of bad things around how people use it and how humans engage with it. And it's, it gives a platform to some of the shit things about people. But yeah, take a listen. Let me know what you think. Any feedback on hearing everything else is appreciated. And uh, yeah, I'll update you more soon on these morning marketing memos cheers so this is my honest reaction to the social dilemma netflix new documentary that everybody's talking about right now or were talking about maybe a week or two ago but i've just moved house so i was a bit late yeah and this is my honest unbiased review and opinion of it and opinion as a social media advertising agency owner someone who earns a living through creating and managing social media advertising campaigns online. So obviously I'm really biased, right? Maybe, but maybe I can lift the lid on a few things and show what's going on within the belly of the beast almost and give you some insight on the truth behind the social dilemma because Netflix, yeah, they want to expose or lift the lid on some of the horrors that's going on. Because what Netflix created was an entertaining documentary that looked to expose all these social media platforms to treating you like crack addicts on your phones and getting that dopamine rush when perhaps the truth is a little bit more balanced and nuanced. So the documentary starts out explaining the what and the how of social media algorithms and how they work and measure your behavior to serve your targets adverts quite well. And it gives some nice examples to illustrate this. And I don't know if this is just because obviously I've been working in it for quite a while, but everyone knew you're the product, surely. Like no shit Sherlock, we are the product. It is, or all of them, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, Snapchat, TikTok, they're some of the biggest companies in the world reporting the largest revenues and profit margins worldwide, yet you don't have to pay for them. You as a user do not directly pay, you pay with your attention, your behavior, and it models for advertisers and businesses the most effective advertising platform out there to target you. So there's gotta be a trade-off somewhere for something that people use for several hours a day to come out for free, technically, like you needed to realize you were the product. 
And I don't think that's going to be a revelation from the majority of people out there, and it, nor should it be. Some people get creeped out by targeted adverts. And imagine if you didn't have any targeted adverts. Imagine if every two to three posts in your feed were completely irrelevant to you. Sometimes that happens through broad targeting or errors, but imagine if just all your stream in terms of news feeds and stories you're tapping through were completely irrelevant products that you're not interested in, don't wanna buy and just piss you off. Then your time on the platforms would go down, your enjoyment of it would go down and you'd use it less. And I think Facebook in their own response to Netflix itself pointed out the obvious that Netflix uses a very, very sophisticated algorithm to increase your enjoyment of their platform. They tailor what their recommendations are based on your viewing behavior. The documentary does highlight that, how it works in quite a good way, but then it almost takes it too far and it edited really weird with the mad men guy with the weird comb over in like this evil little lair of Illuminati where there's a conscious decision to push you towards more and more negative emotions and these controlling puppeteers who always had that as an objective in mind. And when they do things like, oh yeah, you're auctioned off to the highest bidder in terms of your advertising, yes, in a way, but it uses the example of an arms dealer. And it uses that as an example of the advertising it's gonna show you. It's like, you can't even get ads with bikinis in approved these days. You can't get food products that have got hemp in approved. They're very, very strict in terms of the advertising policies. So tell me who is advertising for weapons currently on Facebook. It explains, and then obviously because it's an entertaining documentary, it goes a step further to try and shock you. And then what that leaves people thinking is that's what actually is going on. When they just exaggerated their point to try and get the message across and make an impactful documentary, and then people actually think that there's arms dealers tinkering away behind the screen going, I'm gonna buy that 16 year old kid's attention right now. Boom. Doesn't happen like that. The people in this documentary, like they're the ones who built, created, and were in the inner circle creating these platforms and algorithms. And none of them are evil people. They're people with a conscience that were just doing their best at their job. And perhaps the problem is they were very, very smart engineers, both in terms of technically, but also in terms of behaviourally and psychologically, they were a bit too good at their job and they made the platforms too precise and too predictive in terms of what our stupid monkey minds wanted. And it just exposed what's really underneath and what most people react to and how they behave in terms of society. Because you've got that innate fear in terms of looking around and comparing yourself to others, which are played upon a lot in terms of young people in the documentary, but also in terms of being twats, like people who aren't happy with themselves will project that onto others and give a lot of hate. And it's even easier than ever before online on social media due to the anonymity and the ease of which it is to type, you're a bellend and I hate your views and your face than it is to say that in the street to someone. If someone came and said that to me in the street, I'd be very confused and think they've probably got some issues. But all too often you see comments like that on people's 
post. Maybe not you're a bellend and I hate your face, but you get the you get the point. One of the other weird things that the documentary does was talk about the problem with the spreading of fake news on social media. But then all the clips it uses to demonstrate this are from the TV and news stories and mainstream mass media. One of the really weird things that annoyed me or that I wanted to point out was when it goes on to the talk about the spreading of harmful misinformation and fake news. The way the documentary communicates this is it uses literal news clips from TV. It uses clippings and screenshots from internet media publications that mass media or mainstream media, even though it's not that mainstream anymore, okay? So they are the publishers often of these things and the problem being that social media gave made it too easy for people to amplify this to broader audiences or specifically target the marginal audiences that it wanted to do to influence key things like voters' opinions or create revolt on both sides and cause tension. But it didn't highlight that, like, it just seemed weird to me, they're going, social media is a the problem, they are spreading this news, they are creating this fake news. And yet there was like clips from American news channels and even like Whoopi Goldberg's TV show talk about it. And it just, yeah, the media is the media and they will always have an agenda and it, and it reaches people and tries to influence their opinions, however. So is this social media or is it people using social media for a negative outcome? Like for savvy propagandists, it was all too easy to amplify this and spread their opinion in a very sophisticated way. And that's what led to all the issues in terms of election meddling with Russia and Cambridge Analytica. And since then, since the court case last year, like there has been a huge raft of changes in terms of the transparency, who can advertise, what can be advertised. And all those have come into play over the last year. And there has been progress and it did gloss over that a lot. I don't know when the documentary is actually shot and created, but it seems like that horse bolted a year or two ago. And Roger McNamee, who's one of the key people in the documentary, he's got a great book called Zucked. And that goes into a bit more in depth of him trying to raise the profile of that as an issue. Okay. All the social media platforms, particularly Facebook, have accelerated this as a priority since those infamous images of Mark Zuckerberg looking uncomfortable in uh, trial. Uh, towards the end of last year and couple that with the year we've had in terms of coronavirus and fake news spreading black lives matter and that's really just putting the agenda on how we can or how platforms can stop this misinformation spreading so fast but you've got to balance that out with these are people using a free platform to post whatever they want and there will always and always has been conspiracy theorists out there spouting shit like i i love doing a deep dive into reddit to look at conspiracy theories and watching videos of alex jones blowing his lid off You're putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin frogs gay do you understand that Ugh, ugh, crap. What this has ended up doing is increased highlighting of who can advertise to their audiences and what they're advertising. Like one of the weirdest things, I think it was before 2020, the largest pro-black rights Facebook group 
was actually owned by a Russian media outlet. So there's a Russian media outlet who are creating a large community which was pro-black rights, but they were doing it to stoke up tension deliberately in the US. What this has actually controversially led to is a bunch of small businesses getting ad accounts blocked, disabled, ads restricted because they cannot run things that are deemed to be too political or too much related to societal or social issues. And people like charities, they can't advertise and reach a broader audience, or they're going to have to do it very cleverly without bringing up a social issue. And that's one of the difficulties when trying to police and legislate something as large as a social media platform with a one rule for all things. The narrative that has happened for the last few years is that mainstream media, or maybe it's better to call them traditional media, so news, print, TV, the ones who dominated for the last 100 years, people were saying this about them 100 years ago, and then people got used to it, and they dominated advertising revenues. Now, in the last decade, their advertising revenue model has completely been ripped up and disrupted by all these social media platforms. And what this has led to is a distorted and biased reaction in terms of cracking down on how these social media platforms operate, when no one was pointing the finger and scrutinizing the way that traditional media was perhaps leaning one side or the other or was spreading misinformation or wasn't fact-checking. And that's why you'll so often see stories every day in big media outlets, big news outlets, around social media ruining people's lives, when there's always been something at play in terms of the media spreading information to shock, create tension, to fulfill an agenda, and not to get too like, tinfoil hat on it, but there's a reason they're pissed off and they can target their annoyance quite succinctly by putting social media as this generation's bad drug. When I grew up, it was video games. Probably the generation before was weed. The generation before that, it might have been TV. Generation before that, fucking marbles or whatnot. I don't really know what they did for their entertainment. Going exploring in the woods. There's always something, there's always a scapegoat that people can blame society's ills on. Yes, they will all do things that are at fault, but is social media just this generation's scapegoat where it has its faults, but the mass media who are pissed off at them because they're stealing their ad revenue and disrupting and destroying their business model can jump on quite easily. Roger McNamee, again, to, he sums up quite well in terms of the Russians in the previous election had this tool at their disposal and were just smarter and faster and better at using it, using it than the opposing sides in these elections. And yes, a lot of attention goes on certain political parties or political figures using it for their advantage, <clears throat> but don't get it wrong. All sides and all parties across the political spectrum in all countries are using these tactics or are trying to use them for their own benefit. 
So I've said what I thought was a bit shit about the documentary, and yes, that comes from someone who earns a living from it. But there were some things that I thought were really good around the documentary, and obviously some of the most impactful scenes were around how it affects young people and how that's perhaps in the US has increased suicide rates, anxiety, etc., etc. And it does because what it shows is a magnifying glass on everyone else's perfect life and you're comparing it to your normal life and you're, you're comparing everyone else's highlights to your shittest moments. And there's a bunch of stuff that you can do to limit these effects and everyone should be doing this not only for yourselves but for children as well because you do have some responsibility to it. First thing is just turn off as many notifications as you can. Like That was one of the big things in it in terms of people being hooked like those little crack addicts on notifications. You don't need them. Turn them off. Yeah, you might want your phone calls coming through. Turn off the rest of the notifications. You can check it as and when. Schedule it as if it's like entertainment time or a break time. Like Treat these social media platforms as entertainment. Hide the apps off your first page. Hide them in little folders right at the end of your phone so you don't like automatically go to it because I don't know whatever app it might be Instagram TikTok WhatsApp your thumb muscle memory will get there quicker than your brain will to tell you stop don't open it okay so make it difficult for yourself and be mindful that you're wasting time on it because that's what most of the time it is and like we said there's an algorithm that feeds you content based on what you engage with what you see what you interact with so deliberately spend an hour liking, viewing, like engaging with content that educates you, fulfills you, that you enjoy, and the stuff that pisses you off, just remove them. Even if it's people, you can, even if it's like your mates, that you don't want to unfollow them because they'll know you've unfollowed them, just hide, okay? And deliberately manipulate your algorithm to give you the shit that you know you want to see. But the people getting really irate about this and really shouting about how destructive it is like have some responsibility to yourself and your own screen time and habits because i really like Krispy cream donuts and terry's chocolate oranges but i will very very rarely go through a dozen Krispy creams in one sitting because i know i'll feel shit at the end of it but this is sort of what people are doing with their social media behavior and I know I shouldn't have 12 Krispy Kremes, so I don't. Maybe very occasionally I'll have it as a treat. So just, you do have some control and responsibility and you aren't helpless, your phone's not fused to your hand. Start exercising some restraint, start being mindful of what you're doing on your phone and what your family members are doing. But there is hope and like I said, that documentaries like this are educating people and highlighting what's actually going on and how it works can only be a good thing going forward. There's already progress being made and there can constantly be more progress in terms of what's the right solution for this. And that's why I liked Tristan Harris's approach and he got some great appearances on a bunch of different podcasts that you should go and listen to as well, is he's searching for solutions and not just moaning about this, oh, this shit's happened, oh, we can't fix it. He's looking forward to how to progress and build a world which we can have a social media that works for us, not working for them. I think one issue being there should be more accountability and identification of trolls and things like that. And it has been getting progressively more and more 
easier to block, remove, report abusive behaviour but this should be made at the forefront of education for young people when they're using the platforms as well because too often it's a reactive thing where someone can see that a young person's affected by their social media use and only then will they go and talk to them about how to control what they see or block and remove and report people when that should be almost be educated across schools worldwide almost like a safe sex sort of thing but not uh, awkward conversation with your teacher about sticking condoms on a banana i remember ours was an assembly with a head teacher going Whoosh, look at that anyway <laughs> but yeah something a bit like that but are people are you watching this video willing to pay for your use of social media would would that be a thing that people want to do i don't think it would and i don't think that's realistic but i hope and i also predict that people a lot smarter than i am are looking at how to progress this forward and make it less of a negative thing towards society because some of it's great like i love going back through memories of what me and my mates were doing 10 years ago today and without social media that wouldn't be possible i wouldn't have a back catalogue of photos from the best years of my life at when i was first going out and at uni but that just wouldn't exist without those platforms that we used at the time recording all of it that's all from me i think anyone wanting to know more about the situation check out roger mcnamee and tristan harris's other stuff they've done other books other podcasts and stuff like that i know tristan harris has been on a bunch of very high profile podcasts so it's worth just typing his name into your podcast feed and we've been talking about crack addicts and dopamine and little injections of love on social media so double tap and give me a like because I'm human too, and I'd love a dopamine rush, so let me know, help support. And I'd like for anyone to leave a comment on your thoughts and opinions on the documentary, but what you think could be done or predict what might be done to help with these issues. Like, I think a sensible thing, personally, would be education of how to deal with the platforms sensibly and responsibly, funded by the social media platforms, but managed by an independent organisation whether they're going to young people, whether it's delivered in terms of free advertising, etc., on those platforms, paired up with influencers and stuff like that. I think that's a starting point that could be quite effective in terms of educating the public, particularly young people at risk, what responsible use of it looks like and not delivered from a government's perspective or perhaps a parent's perspective because then innately people push against it and try and ignore or rebel it. So you need to be working with people in that community to create content for people in that community that resonates. Yeah, so it's more preventative than reactive. Um, similar, I guess, to how McDonald's are responsible for a lot of good work in terms of sport in schools for young people here in the UK. Sweet run over from me and tune in next time.